at the movies. Hello, one. Hello, all. My name's Bryony, and you're listening to Marta's at the movies. You find me right now disproportionately excited about the fact that my local supermarket has started stocking six new shapes of the cheapest brand of pasta. Yeah, I know. And I'm feeling unusually fortunate that I don't live anywhere near the beach after the last film I watched, Jaws. When I'm not needing a bigger boat, I'm busy as can be sorting my stupidly long movie soundtracks playlists into top ten lists. These lists are highly subjective and probably inaccurate, but I have no useful algorithm by which to decide which song earns a spot in the list because it's all based off my personal likes, dislikes, preferences, and biases. Martis, mar, 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 Martis at the movies. Last week, I talked about good songs which had the misfortune of being featured in not so good movies. But don't worry if you missed it, because you can head over to It's Just Bry on YouTube and listen to a playlist of all of the songs featured in last week's episode. As ever, you lovely listeners had some thoughts about songs which I should have included in the list. Tom thought that the Queen song Flash was way too good for the movie Flash Gordon. Whilst Chris mentioned one which is a little trickier for me to admit because I've a bit of a soft spot for it, but trying to view it objectively, I think he's right in saying that John Parr's song Man in Motion was better than its movie St. Elmo's Fire. Got a song suggestion, idea or thought that you'd like to be featured on next week's episode? Then be part of the conversation. Let me know what songs you liked, disliked and what songs I missed out on by tweeting me at It's Just Bry 1, small caps, no spaces, digit 1 or by hitting me up on the Martyrs at the Movies page on either Facebook or WordPress. Join me in this week's debate. We're talking about the best movie serenade moments. And now it's time for the highly subjective and probably inaccurate top 10 list of the week. The huge, sweeping, over-the-top romantic gesture is a staple of the romantic comedy, the romantic non-comedy, and basically any movie featuring a romantic plot, subplot, or thread of some sort. Movie couples are very rarely low-key about anything, are they? Public declarations of love are more than common, and the bigger the crowd you do it in front of, the bigger the chance of embarrassment, then the more you love the girl. And of course, if you do it through song, then even better. Ah, the serenade. Admitting your undying love through the medium of music. I've got to admit, a public serenade is the type of gesture which, in real life, would quite likely send me running for a table to hide underneath. But in the movies, it does make me swoon a little bit. And that's what today is all about. The big romantic declaration which simultaneously enamours and mortifies, leaving you with a red face and butterflies in your stomach. It's time for my top 10 list of best movie serenade moments. Let's start today's list with a movie starring a man who only made the top of my list last week because it was a list of not-so-good movies. Due to my own personal prejudices, I refuse to put an Adam Sandler movie higher than number 10 on my list if that list is in any way supporting the film in question. However, I do have to begrudgingly admit that he's got an alright voice, and the moment in question is pretty dang sweet. Towards the end of The Wedding Singer, his character Robbie surprises Drew Barrymore's Julia when she's on a plane. By appearing from behind the curtain leading to first class, playing the guitar, and singing Grow Old With You over the intercom mic. I wanna make you smile Whenever you're sad 
carry you around when your arthritis is bad. All I wanna do is grow old with you. As someone who flew back and forth between Northern Ireland and England every three months when at university, I feel like I got my flying routine pretty well done. Hand luggage under the seat in front, couple hard-boiled sweets in your pocket, copy of Empire magazine to read during takeoff and landing, and then you put some music on when you're airborne. So to say that you're in your own little world when you're on a plane, and that something like this would come entirely out of the blue, is an understatement. If, of course, it weren't for the fact that we are now living in a world in which this would never be allowed to happen. I know rom-coms aren't exactly known for their verisimilitude, But you've gone too far with this one, Sandler. You're not getting this one past me. Nowadays, you'd get told that the seatbelt sign is on in case of unexpected turbulence, so sit down and purchase something ludicrously expensive from the in-flight magazine, please. So I refuse to give in to Sandler and his admittedly achingly sweet and caring lyrics. To the best of my knowledge, this is the only classic animated Disney serenade, though I'm happy to be proven wrong about that if it comes to it. Sure, there are umpteen love songs, duets, and songs generally relating to love, but in the purest sense of the word in which one person arrives and sings to win another person over, the only moment I can think of comes from the first ever full-length animated Disney film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, in which the prince serenades Snow White with the song, One Song. One song, I have but one song, one song. This is pretty much the start of Snow White's story, and never a more dashing and stereotypical Disney prince moment did you ever see. The prince, who doesn't even get given a name, by the way, that's just how fleshed out his character is. He is a nameless, personalityless, handsome prince. So he hears Snow White singing at the wishing well as he rides by on his horse. He jumps over the wall and, actually pretty hilariously, joins in on the last word of her wishing well song, startling Snow White so much that she runs away from him inside the castle. Oh no! Is all hope lost for our plucky, young, nameless prince? Of course not. He's a Disney prince. It takes all of 30 seconds of him singing this song, one song, for Snow White to venture out onto the balcony in admiration, as he winds up serenading her from down below the balcony in a scene that somehow manages to out-Romeo and Juliet, Romeo and Juliet themselves. This next serenade, although iconic, loses points for me because it's a serenade that A. Only happens as part of a bet, and B. It's a bet that is won because the main character's tried and tested pulling technique is getting all of his Air Force friends to join him in serenading the lucky lady. This is Tom Cruise at the height of his Tom Cruisiness in Top Gun, getting all his mates to join him in winning a bet by successfully serenading Charlotte, a girl he meets in a bar, with the Righteous Brothers classic, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. You're trying hard not to show it, This one is definitely high on the public spectacle stakes and is undeniably very amusing to watch. But for me, yeah, it can't really be ranked any higher because it's a trick Maverick's used to pulling in order to get girls and not a spontaneous from the heart romantic gesture like everyone else on the list. Plus, it's been adopted by football club Nottingham Forest as their song to sing every time they score a goal. And since they are the biggest rivals of my second favourite football club, League Two team Notts County, then alas, it's not really something I can allow myself to get fully on board with, catchy as it admittedly is. Seven, seven. It doesn't matter what else you have to say about this movie, really, because this is Nicolas Cage singing. 
Nick Cage, the big man himself, the bees, the bees. This most glorious of actors singing is a sight which could only be topped by, well, no one else, um, except maybe Chuck Norris, and only that at a push. And he goes all out and does it in a manner worthy of the great name of Cage. By which I mean, okay, prepare yourself. It's the end of the dark and twisted David Lynch movie, Wild at Heart. Cage is wearing a snakeskin jacket. He's trying to get back to Lulu, the woman he loves, but there's a massive traffic jam. So instead of just running down the road to her, he runs over the top of the roofs and bonnets of all of the weeding cars. He pulls Lulu up out of her car and he sings Elvis Presley's Love Me Tender to her. Love me tender, love me true. What a moment. It's pure cage, wildly operatic and overdramatic with his unique acting sensibilities. But it's also very sweet, because he'd previously said in the film that this was a song he would only ever sing to his wife. Is Nicolas Cage making you melt a little bit right now with how romantic a gesture that is? There's probably a hotline for that. Plus, as the credits start rolling, this scene plays the entire way through the credits, which is something I very much appreciate, because I'm very much an advocate of staying in the cinema when the film ends to watch the credits. And usually very few people are happy to join me in that endeavour. So props to David Lynch for giving us this most wonderful of reasons to stay in our seats until the screen fades to black. This has got to be one of the most painfully literal songs to sing to someone as you're about to fly off in a rocket in an attempt to destroy an asteroid that's on course to destroy the planet as happens in 1998's Armageddon. I just find it hilariously on the nose that the song that Ben Affleck's character AJ chooses to sing to his girlfriend Grace just before he leaves is John Denver's Leaving on a Jet Plane. I'm leaving on a jet plane Don't know I'll be back again Leaving on a jet plane I don't know when I'll be back again Leaving I mean, talk about overly literal lyrics to sing to someone as you're going on a potentially life-threatening mission to save the world. Don't know when I'll be back again. How I hate to say goodbye. Despite the horrendous amounts of cheesiness, this is elevated by the rest of the crew joining in in various different keys, pitches and varying amounts of tunefulness as well, to create this strange, unexpected barbershop quartet type of effect that's actually very sweet. Affleck's less than excellent vocal work, shall we say, also just kind of helps to make the whole thing even more endearing. Five, five. This one's unusual because the character himself doesn't sing. He doesn't even speak. He merely carries the music. But that doesn't stop his gesture from frequently being hailed as one of the most iconic romantic gestures in the history of cinema. This is John Cusack in Cameron Crowe's classic teen movie Say Anything in which his character Lloyd attempts to win back his love of interest, Diane, by standing underneath her bedroom window and playing Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes, a top volume on a boombox. In your eyes, the light, the heat. your eyes, I am complete. In your eyes, see the doorway. your eyes, a thousand churches. your eyes, resolution. Your it's a defiant moment, his arms stretched above his head which, by the way, must have been pretty exhausting, playing a song which she's previously told him that she loves, and staying there with that subservient look on his face, even when she doesn't get out of the bed and come to the window. It's a moment which proves you don't need to be able to sing yourself to be able to serenade someone in a movie. And of course, it's been the subject of countless memes and parodies, and in particularly fun touches, if you have a look on YouTube, you can find various versions of Lloyd holding aloft the boombox, but dubbed over with every song you can think of, from Queen's We Are The Champions to Aqua's Calling Dr. Jones and even the Harlem Shake. Four, four. 
This is easily one of my favourites on the list because it's Paul Rudd and who doesn't think Paul Rudd is adorable? But more importantly than that, it's because this is one of the few serenades that manages to be both adorable and have a sense of humour. It's from the end of the movie Role Models, which he and Sean William Scott get sentenced to community service to help mentor kids. And they humorously learn a lot about themselves through the process, etc, etc. He winds up at the end of the movie taking part in a huge like Renaissance fair, live action role playing battle where everyone dresses up as knights and fights each other. Surrounded by a literal band of medieval minstrels, he takes Kiss's song Beth and changes the lyrics on the spot, making them about his love interest, who is also conveniently called Beth. Beth, I am so lonely without you and I hope we'll be alright You and me should make up tonight This is just brilliant. He admits halfway through the song that the lyrics don't say anything he actually wants to say and so he changes them all to talk about her. Sometimes they rhyme, sometimes they don't. Sometimes all the words fit with the music, sometimes he has to run them all together really fast. And that's what makes it so great. It feels more real, it feels more natural, and he does it with an awareness of how ridiculous it is, but that doesn't stop him. Full points to Mr. Rudd for this one. Three. Three. So I remember watching this movie, My Best Friend's Wedding, for the first time about a year and a half ago, and expecting to absolutely hate it. I still wouldn't say it's my favourite movie ever, but I genuinely didn't see where it was going, which is rare for a rom-com. Partly because some of the plot twists were just ridiculous, but also because of hilariously unexpected moments like this one, in which Julia Roberts' character, Julianne, gets serenaded at a restaurant by an entire table of friends and family, as led by Rupert Everett, or George, who is her gay best friend pretending to be her boyfriend, and leads everyone in singing, I say a little prayer for you. Combing my hair now While wondering what dress to wear now I say a little prayer for you Forever and ever You say my heart Let me explain. Her best male friend gets engaged to be married and she realises that she's deeply in love with him. In an attempt to make him jealous, she asks George to pretend to be her boyfriend. Only problem is, George doesn't do things by halves. And so instead of subtly holding her hand or, I don't know, just sitting beside her at the big pre-wedding dinner, he's fantastically flamboyant about it. And much to her utter horror and humiliation, he starts singing. It's so funny and so not what I thought was going to happen that it's utterly enjoyable. Rupert Everett is a really nice mix of wonderfully funny and also a caring and true friend. And this serenade, actually the whole movie, end up being a tribute to friendship instead of romance, which is a really nice subversion of the formula. I adore this movie with a passion, Moulin Rouge. What an incredible achievement in terms of, well, everything. The visual spectacle, the musical arrangements, the emotional stakes. I think think it's great. It's incredible. And the central romance between Christian and Satine gets some great songs. My favourite is the Elephant Love Medley, in which they use loads of famous pop and rock songs to argue about whether or not they should get together, going back and forth with artists like The Beatles, David Bowie, Whitney Houston and many others to try and get their point across. But the pure serenade number comes just before this and is a gorgeous cover of Elton John's Your Song. I 
unfortunately, and this might be a bit controversial, but I think this is my favourite version of this song that there is. And I think Ewan McGregor does a wonderful job at it. It's less kind of simple, acoustic and touching perhaps than Elton John's version or the popular Ellie Goulding version from a couple years ago. It's more about the big orchestral operatic style, but I think it's utterly charming and that it's not really a surprise in any way that Satine falls for him after this. I only wonder that it takes her so long. One, one. As seems to often be the case in this podcast, this song was the reason I wanted to do this list. This is one of my favourite movies and it's definitely my favourite teenage comedy movie. Before any of you try to tell me that Mean Girls is the definitive high school movie that both girls and boys will enjoy, I mean you're wrong, I want you to first go back and watch 10 Things I Hate About You and then we'll talk. Seriously, it's brilliant. Endlessly quotable, funny, sad, snarky, relatable. And then there's this scene. Heath Ledger's Patrick Verona grabbing a microphone sliding down a fireman's pole and serenading Julia Stiles' cat by singing Can't Take My Eyes Off Of You. I love you, baby And if it's what I need you, baby To on the lonely night I love you, baby Trust in me when I say Ten Things I Hate About You is based on the plot of Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. But Will's missed a trick by not including this song, right? Well, and by not making Patricio in any way likeable, but that's a story for another day. So Patrick turns up at Kat's football practice one day, enlists the help of the school's marching band, and sings her this song from up in the stands, with a wicked grin and a sense of humour to boot. He even manages to finish singing and, and also dancing to the song when the security guards arrive to escort him away, making fun of them as he finishes his big routine to rapturous applause, and earning himself a detention for his efforts. Boys, take note. This is how you do it. Martes at the movies. And there we have it. Ten wonderfully romantic serenade moments. Hope you enjoyed them. What did you like? What did you dislike? What songs do you think I missed out on? Get in touch with me. Tweet me on It's Just Bry One, Facebook or WordPress me at Martis at the Movies. And don't forget that you can go over to It's Just Bry on YouTube and listen to the full versions of all of this week's songs. You can even, if you want, head over to iTunes, leave a review and help the podcast out. Next week, we're going to be talking about the best songs sung by the heroes, the protagonists of a movie. So rid your heart of all impurities and get rid of the moustache and the evil laugh that you got a couple weeks ago for Villains Week in preparation for that. Till then, may the force be with you, the odds be ever in your favour, and I'll see you next Martis. <laughs>